Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. All right, good morning, everybody. How y'all doing today? All right, all right. We're just going to have a good start to 2022 on purpose. Who's with me? Okay, let's just, we're going to make it a great year. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Hey, uh, we have some special guests in the house today from downtown Harbor Church. Could you guys just give it up for them and welcome them? Uh, they're, they're a church. They meet um, uh, at the uh, Children's, uh, it's the Children's Science Museum, right? Am I saying this right? Yes, it's this way, right? Yeah, don't point that way. It's this way. So, hey, if you don't like my church, go to their church, okay? So, yeah, uh, thank you guys for being here. It's great to have you. And, man, we really do believe we're all God's big one family. And, and so thank you guys for being here. It really is an honor to have you. So thank you for being here. Uh, today we're going to talk about forgiveness. Uh, who's ever been hurt? Like everybody, right? Okay, so uh, here's, here's a wild thing in life, and this is kind of the heart of why we're teaching on this today. Everyone gets hurt in life. Few people find healing, and I, I think even fewer have hope. What happens when, when you get hurt and you never get healed, you start bleeding on people that never cut you, right? And so when you get hurt and you never find healing, I think you end up giving up on a lot of people. I never want to be the kind of pastor, leader, church member that lets the actions of a few ruin the relationships of many. Because I believe God has better relationships for me. Come on, somebody, right? There's more for my marriage. There's more for my family. There's more for my circle of friends. There, there's more people God wants me to meet and love on and minister to. And I'll never be free to go for more if I'm holding on to the hurt and pain of the past. And I do have hurt and pain from my past just like you do. In fact, the people that have hurt me most in life have all come from within the body of Christ. Right? I mean, the people that have hurt me the most in life have been in the church. Can you believe that? Of course you can, because that's probably your, your, your story too. What's funny about life is when a stranger says something or does something to me, that's very easy to write off. Hey, you don't know me. You don't know my story. We don't know each other. Okay. But the more you get to know someone, the, the more faith you put in them, the more you trust them, how many of you know those are the wounds that seem to go a little bit deeper, that hurt a little bit more, and take a little longer to heal from? Remember that phrase as kids, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? And then you grow up a little bit, you get older, and you're like, wow, words hurt a whole lot more, they cut a whole lot deeper, and they take a heck of a lot longer to heal from than a broken bone. Today, we are, we are going to kind of like pause the regularly scheduled program, and I want to teach on forgiveness. Take some notes, let it sink into your heart, get this in your mind, because this is going to help all of us, because I don't care how rich you are, how poor you are, how successful or not, whatever, you're going to deal with people. And people are wonderful, they're awesome, they're amazing, and people are going to hurt you. They're going to bring pain into your life. And adults, we are toddlers with sharp teeth. That's what adults are. We, we know how to cut now, right? We, we know how to dig. We know what to say. And whether it's our marriages or our relationships, our families, we, we know how to dig. And, and people are going to hurt us. And, and I think one of the hardest things in life is human conflict. 
right? It just really is. It, it may, may not even be what happened. It's what I perceive happened or what they perceive happened. And, and, and a lot of people in life will get close enough to you to, to know a mirage of you but not actually know the real you. And I think one of the hardest things for me in life when somebody thinks something bad of me and it's just a mirage of me, it's not actually me, but it's what they've built, right? And these things are all painful. And so forgiveness, man, becomes an incredibly powerful thing. One of my mentors says, your forgiver will be the strongest muscle you will use in life for you have plenty of opportunity to practice it. And I'm like, yeah, man, this, this is it. Like, here we go. So let me pray, and we're going to jump in today. It's going to be such a, great, such a great day. Heavenly Father, we look to you right now. God, I, I just pray that you would, uh, Lord, today in a small way, just open up our hearts for healing. Everyone in this room has been hurt. We all have a pain. We are all trying to minister to, work with, live with people and God, like us, we are all imperfect people. Sometimes we get it right, and sometimes we get it wrong. And in, as we get it wrong, and as we have our dealings with our own sins, we hurt ourselves and we hurt others. So, Father, today we need healing. We look to you, God, through your word and through the power of your presence. Would you heal our lives? In Jesus' name, if you believe that with me, say amen. As I was studying uh, for today, I kind of noticed... Uh, that giving makes up most of the word forgiving. In fact, I really believe we're most like God when we're giving and when we're forgiving. And I thought it was interesting how much of giving is actually in forgiving. I looked up the word forgive. It actually comes from the Latin perdonare, okay? And I practiced that a little bit. My wife would be proud of me that I said an Italian word probably close to what it is. But it literally means to give, allow, pardon, and I love this. Are you ready for this? to give up desire or power to punish. Isn't it amazing when we're offended how much we want the desire and the power to punish? And so to forgive means to give up the desire or the power to punish. Forgiving has a lot of giving in it. Here's a few things this morning that we give when we forgive. Number one, we give up on the bitterness. We give up on the bitterness. Matthew 6, Jesus says something incredibly profound. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive yours. Unforgiveness ruins my spiritual life. If you're taking notes, write that down. Let that sink into your heart. Let that get on the inside of you. I never, when I first got saved and I remember reading that, I made like just an internal decision. I will never let what someone does to me mean more to me than what Jesus did for me. It's not saying that I'm going to excuse what they did or justify that they did or what they did was right. I am just going to make an internal decision. What Jesus did for me on the cross is always going to mean more to me than what people do to me. And I have had a few people really hurt me as an adult, right? So way beyond the petty junior high, high school stuff, I've gone through a few rodeos, and it was painful, okay? And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. Um, but I've realized if I'm going to succeed as a believer, I, I've got to take the posture of Christ and forgive. Because what God forgave me of is far greater than what I will ever have to forgive other people of. Because an offense against God is always incredibly greater than an offense against each other. Because he's perfect love and he's perfect holiness. And when he chose to forgive me, that was the massive million dollar debt 
And what others do to me is more like a hundred or $1,000 debt. And I'm going to forgive that because he forgave me. Okay, I know nobody liked that, and there's no smiles right now. No one's excited to hear that. And, and it's going to get good, I promise. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna like this next part. Here's the thing about bitterness. I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again because I want you all to memorize this one. Bitterness is the poison you drink hoping it harms the other person. Bitterness is the poison you drink hoping it harms the other person. Uh, you all have the, the phrase, time heals all wounds? That's not totally true. Time also makes you bitter. Time plus forgiveness heals all wounds. Time plus forgiveness. I need to give up on the bitterness. Otherwise, I will end up giving up on people. Life is really interesting to me. It forces us to either grow better or grow bitter. Right? COVID is offensive. It has caused me to grow better, not bitter so far. Sometimes I get close. <laughs> I'm just like, I want to be, be on this. It's interesting. God will send people in our lives, you know, to, to develop us. And I don't think that's very fun. It's never fun to go through conflict. It's never fun to be misunderstood. It's, it's never fun to be offended. But that's going to cause you, it's going to move you to either grow better or bitter because you cannot stay neutral. And so I want to give up on the bitterness. Um, some of you probably know this. The word offense in the Bible is the Greek word scandalon. It's where we get our word scandal from. And it literally means, this Greek word scandalon, it means the trap, right? It's, it's that little trigger of the trap. Come on, somebody say, I'm triggered, right? Like, it's, it's the trigger of the trap. That's what an offense is. You were having a great week until they said that. You were having an amazing month until they did that, Okay. You were having a great ride to church with your coffee until they cut you off and you spilled your coffee. And you know, like the, the trigger, it's it's been set. The trap is set. This is what an offense is. Offense is the thing that the enemy uses to trap my entire spiritual life, right? And that person, what they said, what they tweeted, what they posted, it, it's a trigger. It's that trigger of the trap. Imagine a mouse going for the cheese, but then he gets stuck and he sets off that little thing, right? I was going to bring a, a, a mouse trap today to give an illustration. And then I thought, I don't want to snap my finger off. Like they're just going to have to use their imagination today. My wife was like, you shouldn't do that. It's not a good idea. I was like, yeah, but it'd be awesome. She's like, no, don't risk your fingers. And I was like, that's probably wisdom coming through this morning. It's, it's the trigger. Now I'm trapped. I'm trapped in an offense. Now I'm holding something. Watch this. That's hurting me, not healing me. I didn't do it to myself. They did it. But now I'm triggered. I'm trapped in an offense. And now I'm holding on to something that's not helping me. It is hurting me. Three different times in my life that I have really been hurt. One was an extended family member. And what they did, what they said, really hurt. It took me about a year to come to a place of forgiveness. I'm in the shower. I'm going over the argument in my mind, shampooing my hair. You ever done this? Okay. I seem to argue the most in the shower for, for whatever reason, right? Uh, Felipe's saying, no, he's too holy, right? I, oh, oh, you're just saying no shampoo. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're good. And, and so, and so I'm, I'm furious, and I'm one of those kind of people, I do my best arguing afterwards, you know, where I'm not that fast in the moment, but I, I process it and think about it. I'm like, oh, I should have said that. Anybody, anybody like that? Okay, like, and, I, and I'm, I'm furious. And I remember seven months after it, I'm still angry. It came up, and I'm still mad about it. I was, a, I was a youth pastor in Oklahoma at the time. And I remember the Holy Spirit just knocked on the door of my heart, and he said, son, you're letting bitterness in your life. 
And I, and I remember the Holy Spirit dealing with me, you have unforgiveness in your heart. And I'm like, yeah, God, but you remember what they said? Yeah, but son, I want you to pray for them. Sometimes Jesus says stuff and you're like, yes. Other times Jesus says stuff and you're like, I'm going to read the next chapter. You know, and, and when it comes to blessing those, right, who, who curse us and hurt us and pray for those that persecute us and misuse us, I don't like that part. Right? I, I don't enjoy that part. I remember the Lord's dealing with me. He's like, I want you to pray for their blessing. And I remember, God, I blessed. Like, it was really, really hard to get that out. But you know what was interesting is six months after that, I was free. Which brings me to my next point. Uh, forgiveness, when I forgive, I give myself a fresh start. I give myself a fresh start. Forgiveness is also for me. Because until I forgive, I'll never be free. If I had to put a title to today's message, it's forgive and move forward. I cannot go forward if I'm trapped in an offense. A mouse cannot get out. It's triggered. It's trapped. It's stuck. I am stuck until I forgive. And forgiveness sets me free. I I love this quote by Lewis Smedes. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. I'm the one that's trapped in an offense. I'm the one that's still bitter. I'm the one that's still running the argument over and over and over again, which is probably one of the most annoying things that someone can hurt me and then move on and forget about me. They're free. They're emotionally free. They're happy. Maybe they didn't realize they offended me. Maybe they did and they just don't care. It's about one in a hundred are narcissists, okay? So every now and then I'll run into them too. And, and I'm just like, which is annoying for me, but I'm still the one that's trapped, not them. But when I forgive, I set myself free. I set myself free. The other two people that really hurt me in life, uh, one, one was the parent uh, in, in our youth ministry. And I'll never forget this person. And, uh, man, they were coming for me. They were coming for my job. They, they were stirring up gossip. I mean, it was just an all-out ghetto church fight. There is no fight like a church fight. I mean, it was, woo, and I, and I was going through it. I'm like, I'm ready to excommunicate this person. You know what I'm saying? Like I, and I remember how my pastor dealt incredible with that. I, I've had the same pastor over my life now for almost 18 years, and he's been a wonderful man of God and a father and a pastor to me, and, and uh, he's, he's still in Oklahoma, but phenomenal man of God. And I wouldn't even be in ministry without him. I, wouldn't, I don't know if I'd even be a Christian without him. That's what I'm saying. Like, such a phenomenal impact in my life. And I remember how he navigated that and worked through that. It's interesting. Is as I was going through it, I was literally just like, why does this person, why are they after me so bad? Like, what is going on? So many times in life, the issue isn't actually the issue. And adults are funny because they're not going to come at you and actually tell you the issue. You're just going to catch a bunch of toxicity. You know, I think it was 1986, the Chernobyl disaster happened, right? And and the nuclear power plant falls apart, and then, you know, all this nuclear leak and this terrible disaster in Chernobyl. I can take a healthy person, if I put them in Chernobyl, they're going to get sick, right? It's toxic. What's amazing to me is you can take a healthy person, put them next to a toxic person, and it's not long before they get sick. That'll preach its own message right there, maybe for another time. This is why wisdom is so important, I think, in life. So often the issue is not actually the issue. What came out a couple of years later is during that time when she was really coming from my head, she was having an affair, her family was falling apart, her life was a mess. That doesn't mean every person that comes at me is having you know, a, a messed up time, but 
doesn't mean I'm perfect either. I'm not. But I remember, like, this person is being so nasty, so wants me to, to crash. What is going on? The issue is so often not the issue. Often, they're not really that hate-filled toward me, but their life is a mess. I just happen to catch it. See, again, healthy person, next to toxicity, you're going to catch toxicity. We treat other people much more based on who we are than who they are. Ooh. Are you taking notes? Tell me you're tracking with this one. Please tell me you're tracking with this one, church, because I'm going to save you some pain. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Like, and so I've realized over the years, sometimes, listen, man, when I get somebody that's godly and loving and really loves God and they love people, the way they interact with me, even in my failings, is completely different when somebody's really going through life and, and their life's a mess and they're hurt and they're bleeding and now they, you know, whatever. And so there's a total different kind of, kind of thing, right? And so I, I've really, I've grown. So I got through all that. But that took me probably two years to forgive that individual. Truly. About two years. See, for me, I don't, maybe I'm just extra petty. Some of you are like, oh, I forgave him in two weeks and I'm happy and everything. That's not the way God made me. Okay, there's a little country in me. You cut me, ooh, like that's, I'm writing you off for a long time. You know, my, my wife's family is so funny. Like they're Italian, right? So we get together. We have Christmas parties. After a few glasses of wine, some family starts laughing. Some starts fighting. Okay, and then ten minutes later, everyone's dancing and happy. And I remember when my wife and I were dating and I was like, if I said that to my cousin, like, we wouldn't talk for 20 years because I'm from the country. I'm from the Midwest. We never raise our voices. You know, like, if I yelled at them like that, it would, it would literally be 10 years before we talked because we're just petty. You cut me, and that's it. You're out of the inheritance, right? That's just, you know, it's just funny. It's like we're just wired differently. And, and so I, for me, forgiveness is one of those things, like, I'm gracious, I'm gracious, I'm gracious, and then I get to my line and then I'm like, that's it. And, and, I, and, you know, and, and the thing is, is like, it was a process for me. And then the final one was this, this person was another person in ministry. And, man, they, same thing, hurt me incredibly bad. And I trusted them. And, and, you know, and when you get hurt by someone you trust, you're the one that feels dumb. And I'm like, ah, oh, that was stupid. Why did I trust them? Why did I give my heart? Why did I, why did I do this? And it really, really hurt me. It was another person in ministry. Really, really hurt me. Uh, made, it, made it incredibly hard for me and very toxic. And, and same thing, what I didn't know is he was actually having an affair the whole time. <laughs> and again, it doesn't mean that everybody that comes to me is having an affair, okay? I don't, I don't want you but and, and I same thing again, though. And it came out, it didn't come out for a year later, okay? So I'm like going through all this pain and hurting and, and grieving. Then it kind of comes out and his world falls apart. And I'm like, dude, you're smarter than this. You know this. People don't treat me based on who I am. They treat me based on who they are. And, and again, that's not saying I don't, do, I don't do everything perfect. I don't always say the perfect kind word. I don't always pray. Sometimes I tell people I'll pray for them, and I don't. Okay, like I have mistakes, okay? Like, like I, I'm a human too. But, you know, I, I've tried to, to walk a road of love. And we're going to talk more about that later this year. I want to talk about the love walk because it's so important as believers. Same thing, though. I was like, man, you know this, you know this, you know this, man. Like you got you to gotta keep... Because I'm a trusting person, right? And, and some of you, if you're trusting big-hearted people, you, you know who I'm talking about. You're like, oh, that's me. And, you know, big hearts bleed the most, don't we? I don't know why, they just, that we do. And, and so I just, same thing. It took me probably two years to forgive this person, two to three years, maybe three years, honestly. If I'm really honest, probably almost three years before I could think about them, you know, and not just think of, like, curse words in my mind, you know? <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, it took me a long time to forgive this person for what they did and what they said and how they treated me. A long, long time. Forgiveness is a process. And when I finally got there, 
I became free. I became free. Again, the forgiver is the greatest muscle you use. You'll have lots of opportunities to, to use it. L- listen to what Jesus said. If, you, if you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I think the reason Jesus said this, I cannot hate the person I'm praying for. You cannot hate the person you are sincerely praying for. And it took me a long time to start praying blessing for this individual. It took me a long time not to just want justice and not to want to bring the hammer down on this person, right? Like, Because when you get, you know, when you do the wrong, you want grace and mercy. When you're the one that's wrong, do you want justice? Aren't we all funny as humans, right? Like, like, oh, when I did it wrong, give me grace. And when somebody else does it wrong, like, bring the hammer down, Jesus. You know, but the thing is, I can't hate someone that I'm praying for. And I think this is why God asks us to pray. It's not even so much for them. I think it's for us. Prayer keeps my heart free. Blessing them keeps my heart free. Asking God to move in their life keeps my heart free. It keeps me where God wants me. He wants me free from hate. So a powerful question for us today is, the people that have hurt you, have you been praying for them? Take notes. I, no one's excited about this. I know. I get it. I get it. Okay? But this is good. The people that have hurt you this last year or two years ago or three years ago, are you praying for them? Are you praying that God would bless them and love on them and move in their life? And I know that's just about impossible for us. I think this is one of those things with man, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. To love not just my friends, but love my enemies. To bless those that persecute me. It's incredibly, incredibly hard. One of the most moving, moving things for me in all of Scripture is when Jesus is dying on the cross and they're gambling over his clothes. I think I would have given up at that point. I would have been like, that's it. Lightning strike. Angels come. I'm dying for them and they don't care about my life. It is so painful when you care and the other person doesn't. Isn't that painful? You want it to be right, and they don't even care. Yet Jesus stayed. He fulfilled his mission, and he never attacked them. He's actually said something wildly radical. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And I do think often people treat us in in an incredible amount of ignorance, right? They've seen the mirage of you and judged the mirage, but it's not actually the real you. I think that happens a lot. Probably one of the hardest things in life is to continue to walk and live like Christ. And to, and to when I'm wronged, when I get tweeted against, not to tweet back, you know, when somebody makes a dumb post, not to post back, you know, whatever it is. It's just, God, help me to do this thing the way you, you do it. It's incredibly, incredibly challenging. Probably, probably the easiest thing to understand in Christianity, probably one of the hardest things to do. I think this is mature Christianity. Number three. Uh, I give the person a fresh start. When I forgive, I give the person a fresh start. Forgiveness is not forgetting. It's not justifying. And forgiveness doesn't always mean reconciliation. I think this is healthy to talk about. It takes two to reconcile, but it only takes one to forgive. And reconciliation is also dependent on repentance. Okay? So if I were to reconcile back with someone, I do think there is a level of repentance that they do kind of need to bring to the table. And I'm not saying I should live petty and be like, oh, you must say sorry before I ever look at you again. Like, no, no, not petty, but but what I've found to be very true in life, if it doesn't get repented of, it gets repeated. What doesn't get repented of gets repeated. 
And I, and I watch patterns in people's life. And so I'm like, yo, if they hurt that person and this person and that person and they hurt me and they never repented, there's a good chance they're going to keep going on and hurting people in that area of their life. And so that's why I want to repent. I want to be free. I want to forgive. But I do think some people you kind of have to love from the shore. I, I'm going to love you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to be free. But it's going to be a bit of a distance for a little bit. And that's okay. I don't think reconciliation is forced. It's not on the same level as forgiveness. Jesus is saying when you get hurt, you get wounded, you forgive. That keeps you free. You give them a fresh start. Uh, but reconciliation, I do think there's some repentance. There's a process there. Sometimes it's happened in my life, and a few relationships, it has not. I feel like I did what Paul said. As much as I could, I've lived at peace with all people. And I think if you can say that this morning, I think you've done what the Bible is requiring. You're living at peace with people if, you, if you've done your best, your best effort there. Um, I, think, I think there are, again, there are some people that are just never changed by our kindness, okay? Most people, and in most cases, I think forgiveness brings a beautiful opportunity for reconciliation. Uh, you, can, you can build anew. You can start over, especially when you're dealing with marriage or those meaningful relationships in your life. Forgiveness is incredibly powerful. It lets a brand new way forward. Sometimes it, it's not, we're not going to reconcile, but 90-some but percent of the time, I think reconciliation is completely possible. You got, you got two good people that really do love God. They care about each other. Man, forgiveness makes a beautiful way forward. There's this amazing art in Japanese culture in pottery called kintsugi. And when, when a pot breaks, they put it back together with gold. And they use gold as the mold to put the pot back together. Uh, can I tell you, I have a marriage of kintsugi. Every time we hurt each other, every time we break a little bit, when, when we build and we forgive and we reconcile, guess what we're doing? We're rebuilding with gold. And the really cool thing I think about Kintsugi is the broken pot remade is actually more valuable than the original. And when you have those long-lasting relationships in your life, you got your marriage, you got your some family, you got some good friendships, guess what? You are two imperfect people. You are going to hurt each other. But when you embrace the process of forgiveness and reconciliation, I think in the end it's more valuable than whatever it was before. It deepens in a way. It just, it's got, it's got depth to it. You know, my wife and I, we have 17 years of hurting each other and forgiving each other. There's some depth there. There's some depth there. And, and so, you know, it's, it's deep, and it's beautiful, and it's valuable. And I think there's some power there for all of us to, to have. Um, I, I want to, you know, when we talk about giving the person a fresh start, I, I want to forgive in a way that God forgives. And in other words, when I, when I forgive my wife, when she forgives me, or I forgive another relationship, I don't want to bring it up in three months. I see a lot of people like, oh, I forgive you, but then three months later they bring it up what was up. That's not actually letting it go, okay? Can I, can I help us out? There's this beautiful passage in Isaiah, and God's saying, let's settle the matter. Though your sins are red, I'm going to make them white like snow. In fact, there's other verses God said, I'm going to remember them no more. I'm going to throw them in the sea of forgetfulness. I'm going to let you go forward free and clean. I think especially when we talk about marriage, when you forgive your spouse, you got to let what happened three years ago go. I can always tell those marriages that have done that and not because when they come in for counseling, they're like, well, five years ago, my husband said that. I'm like, five years ago? Like, we should have gotten over that one, you know? And, and, and I think there is something beautiful about when we forgive, I free that person. I free myself, and I free them. I let it go, and now we can move forward with a fresh start, and I think the end result is more valuable than ever before. Last one, number four, and I think this is so important, so powerful, incredibly profound to do. When I forgive, and when I give, I give God space to move. I give God space to move. Romans 12, 19, do not take revenge, my dear friends. Leave room. Everybody say, leave room. Leave 
for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Isn't it interesting, I find this fascinating, isn't it interesting in an offense, when I'm offended, is it the temptation to want to play God? All of a sudden, in that moment, I know what justice looks like. Come on, right? Like when I'm offended, I know the judgment that should happen. Well, they should lose their job. Right? Well, this, this should happen to them, or that should happen to them, or the whole world should know this about them. Like, whatever it is, it's like we are ready to bring the justice down. It just, just, what's funny about justice, justice is swift and it's clean, right? It's just done. Like, I am the judge now. But I don't know what happened to them as a child, I don't know if their mom has cancer. I don't know what they're going through. I don't know if their marriage is falling apart. I just know in a window, in a time, in a moment, what they did to me. I think the hard reality of this whole thing is God is the only one that knows everything about everybody and has still chosen to love us. And he's the only one that will forever know the right amount of grace and mercy to give and the right amount of justice to give. There have been times in my life I gave justice and I think I should have given grace. There have been times in my life I gave grace and mercy that I probably should have given some justice to. And I am more of a grace-leaning person. I, I just, by nature, I, I lean that way. And sometimes I'm like, that was stupid. You should have judged that correctly. And, you know. And so I, I, I find myself in the tension. I don't know if this is even a, a problem to solve as much as it is for the tension to manage. Because only God is perfect on this. Everybody else is trying to figure it out. Right? But I've come to the place of humility saying, instead of me playing God, let me trust God. Let me give God room to be God in my life. When I'm hurt, instead of me coming for this person, let me give God room to move. Instead of me tweeting about them or coming for them, let me give God space to be God. This allows God to be God to them, and this allows God to be God to me. The Bible actually talks about, you know, when we go through these things that we're blessed. It doesn't feel like it in the moment, does it? It feels like we're the one that's wronged. We ate the offense. Maybe it disrupted our life. But I tell you, following Jesus for about 20 years now, he's really been faithful. A lot of times their life does not go on the way they wanted it to. And, and that's, that's between them and God. You know, I mean, the way we treat other people, we are called to love. It's the only debt I owe everybody. I don't have to agree with you for me to love you. The Bible actually calls me to love you. So I'm going to try my best to do that. Okay, and you should try your best to do that, too, because that's what we are called as Christians, right? Like, we are actually called to this walk of love. And not just fall in love, but walk in love. There's a major difference, okay? And so I am called to this thing, but I want to give God space to be God because I might bring the hammer down and they might need grace. And I might be too gracious, maybe they need the hammer. So let me not play God. Let me trust God. I'm going to trust God to bless me through my pain as he works on other people. Amen? Dude, today was a mature message, y'all. <laughs> Did you get something out of today? All right, a couple. <laughs> everybody else is like, oh, I don't like anything you said, Pastor. Like, I got to really process this one. This is good. This is going to set your life free. I want you to have the best 2022 possible, okay? I want your spiritual life to flourish. I think for all lives to flourish, they first must flourish spiritually. I want you to flourish, and for you to flourish, you got to be free. And the only way for me to be free is forgive. It doesn't justify, it doesn't forget, it doesn't reconcile, but forgiveness starts in your heart, and you're saying, God, I'm going to let them be free. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for like a couple minutes here, okay? 
But I want you, if you would, please uh, close your eyes for a moment and just, just do what you need to do to have a God moment. No one's going to steal your purse right now, I promise, okay? But, but I want you to close your eyes, and, and right now I want you to just to kind of be with the Lord. We're going to close today like this. But in your mind, in your head, in your heart, I just want you to ask a simple question to God. No one's coming for you. No one's judging you this morning. But I want you to ask yourself, God, is there anybody in my life that I need to forgive? And that's just a very powerful question to ask ourselves. God, as I start a brand new year, as I go into 2022, I heard what Pastor Matt's saying. I want to be free. I want to be fresh. Is there anybody in my life that I might need to forgive this morning? And if there is somebody that comes to mind, Here's the second thing I'd ask of you to do is say, God, help me forgive. God, right now this morning, I don't feel like it, but I choose to forgive. I don't think forgiveness is an emotion. I think it starts as a spiritual decision. And it doesn't mean we, you know, don't walk in wisdom. It doesn't mean that we're justifying what they did. It doesn't even mean that we have to reconcile right now. But what we do want to do is we want to forgive because this is what we are called to do as believers. And this is the way that you go forward. By forgiving. And so if you have someone in your mind, and you're saying, Lord, help me forgive, would you join me in prayer right now? And I want to pray with you. Heavenly Father, I just ask this morning that you would pour out your Holy Spirit because we cannot forgive in our flesh. We will never have the power to really forgive the way you forgive without you. And so this morning, God, I ask that you would fill people afresh with your Holy Spirit. I ask that you would give them the strength this morning to forgive that person or those people that have hurt them. Lord, that they might be free. That they would experience what you've called them to experience. God, that they could run toward their future as if they'd never been hurt before. And so this morning as a church, God, we choose to forgive the people that have hurt us in our past. We let it go. We give you space to be God. And Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would begin to set us free. That you would set us free from the trap of an offense. That you would give us your love. That you would give us your wisdom. God, that you would just pour out a spirit of acceptance in our lives, knowing that you love us, you accept us, and even if they've rejected us or hurt us, that, hey, we don't need their opinion because a greater opinion has spoken over our lives this morning. And that is one of love and newness and new life. So, Father, I thank you as a church. We are excited for the future. We have strength to run for it. We want to be free this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Just by a show of hands, who was that for this morning? Just lift up your hand real quick. Like, I needed that, Pastor. Thank you. I let some things go. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love that, guys. I love that. I just feel God's presence, man, this morning. It's a beautiful thing. I think forgiveness is one of the most beautiful things and challenging things we'll ever do as believers. It just is. But I want you to be free. I want you to flourish. I want you to have fun. I want you to live this year with everything you got. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing week.